Hello and welcome to the Raider Wave Podcast. I am your host, Joe Helsing. It is Tuesday, November 1st, and this is the Raiders Saints game recap episode. What a game in New Orleans. Um, I mean, I'm sure all of you have your own takes. Everybody's frustrated. A lot of stuff on the table here. Um, Look, we'll just get right into it. That was probably one of the worst games of the Raiders franchise uh, based on statistics. And it's also, we'll say, the worst game for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, You know, just no energy, no momentum, no heart. None of the things that we talked about um, leading up to this game, the things that we were kind of seeing, hopefully seeing develop within the team, none of those things came out. I mean, Josh Jacobs... um, you know, basically shut down all game, but, you know, he was probably the only guy I saw on the field, on the sideline, showing any sort of amount of sense of urgency, any sort of uh, confidence, or, you know, just trying to get guys, like, motivated and and getting it going, and, you know, look, um, it's a lot of different ways we can take this. Um, We'll kind of just start off with kind of what we've heard since Um, the end of that game, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels talking, you know, taking full responsibility. He did have a, uh, one-on-one with Mark Davis after that game. Um, you know, similar to after that loss to, uh, Tennessee where we had the one-on-one meeting, uh, with Mark Davis. So that's two now we are, uh, you know, eight weeks into the season and, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels just, you know, long and short basically said, you know, he takes full responsibility. Uh, You know, that's not acceptable, things like that. Uh, Derek Carr comes out um, shortly thereafter, basically, um, you know, reiterates that, that, you know, we we can't have that type of thing. And, you know, at this point, you know, I mean, we can can judge the coaching staff all we want. We can, uh, you know, dissect some of these plays. Uh, Obviously, that um, jet sweep, Hasn't been working all season. Um, you know, the jet sweep hasn't really been working for the Raiders. I remember when Gruden first came over, he was trying to run a lot of those as well. Carr is just not that sort of dude. I I, I don't know. Um, I've never really seen Carr run a good jet sweep. He doesn't really have a whole lot of um, situational awareness or uh, great mobility to kind of um, show some of these flashes of athleticism that you'd want to have from a quarterback um, with dynamic plays like that. But... You know, the team just looked flat. Um, You kind of saw it all over. You could see that, you know, Crosby was working hard, but you just didn't have the energy going into it. And, you know, the biggest thing that I kind of jumped out at me off the jump, you know, when we were talking about going into this game, some of the weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we were talking about, you know, Alvin Kamara, the uh, problem that he may present for the linebacking core, um, as well as, um, you know, Taysom Hill. So, you know, right there, those two players basically accounted for most most of the Saints' offense. I mean, look, Divine Diablo, Denzel Perryman, even Blake Martinez in there at linebacker position, none of those guys could pick up Alvin Kamara on any of these different sets. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, tackling was terrible. There's a lot of things that we can talk about as far as, um, you know, these weaknesses being exposed. I mean, but none of this thing was really new. We knew that we were weak in the middle of the field. We knew that we had some linebackers that were only kind of good against the run but weren't as dynamic enough to handle a, a pass catching back. And, um, you know, we still can't really effectively cover tight ends. And, we, and as soon as you start to throw... Uh, Taysom Hill in there and some you know some of these different packages that they could see you know the defense just wasn't really lined up properly and they're on the field for most of the game anyways so you know it's not like the offense is really given an opportunity to even get these things done and look we can we can beat apart the defense if we want you know we can uh, show some faults uh, or throw some faults uh, in the way of some of the secondary uh, you know Jonathan Abrams still uh, like we said the linebackers um, internal line of the line internal defensive line wasn't really there as far as uh you know Alex Billings uh Bilal Nichols any of these guys in the middle even Chandler Jones still not even being effective in a pass rush we knew all these things were an issue on the defensive side of the ball and for you know the most part it's almost like we shouldn't even be surprised at this point right I mean like when we see these deficiencies and they kind of, um, you know, work themselves out and they, we can kind of get a stop on defense or, you know, maybe not have that big of an impact because, you know, that the offense will be able to put some points on the board, create some, um, you know, sort of counter to these things and it doesn't put all of the stress on the defense like that. But, you know, this type of thing, I mean, look, these exposures are nothing new. We can't be surprised about them. What are we going to be shocked and appalled that, you know, these players that don't fit this scheme that were kind of carryovers from the last regime here you know that aren't effective that we've been talking about that you know for as effective as the schemes are the players just aren't there now we saw that the players you know sort of the same issues um we're still talking defensively here we haven't even got to the offense yet but look you know we've seen linebackers struggle with um covering uh backs out of coming into the receiving game uh, we've seen them struggle with, you know, picking them up with dynamic backs, whether that's Austin Eckler or Pacheco and um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and even um, Jamal Williams in Denver before he got hurt. So, I mean, look, a lot of issues here with the defense, um, but none of this stuff is new. I mean, this this shouldn't be surprising to us. I mean, the fact that we gave up 24 points to the Saints, couldn't really put up any real fight on defense couldn't take out Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill out of this game at all. Gave Andy Dalton the benefit of the doubt um, on all these plays. Look, that you know that shouldn't be as surprising as the fact that we have this offense that is still unable to create any sort of passing attack with the best wide receiver in football, one of the best slot receivers in football, a tight end that still is hinging on... I mean, look, I'm not going to beat up Darren Waller for this because by all accounts, I mean, he was on the field before the game. A lot of people talked to how the, how good he looked, how he looked like he was ready to go, and then that was a medical decision, so we're not going to throw him under the bus. But like we said early, early on with those injuries with Darren Waller, this offense, the way these receivers line up, even with Matt Collins on the field and the type of you know receiving threat that he poses... You know, this offense does not look, that receiving group does not look as good without Darren Waller in there, you know, to mix things up, to give a couple different looks on the defense, to just create a little bit more, you know, issues with these matchups, right? 
But, you know, we can say all that stuff that we want. You know, I mean, look, we knew that uh, the Saints were going to stack the box, probably try to shut down Josh Jacobs. And the reason why they were going to do that is because we have yet to see a real passing attack from the Raiders. I mean, look, as much as we want to pin this on, you know, game plan and all these other things, not having the right players, guys not showing up. You know, Derek Carr has to have some level of accountability for all of this. I mean, you can listen to his post-game interview, and the way he speaks, he doesn't even take full accountability until about two minutes into the same, you know, the same, uh, you know, lecture, little melees that he throws at every time we have it. He has a terrible performance. Every time the Raiders can't get something going, you know, oh, man, that was a rough one, eh, guys? A sport. You know what I mean? Like we we we're beyond that now. Where, where's the energy? Where's the passion? All the things that we've called out Derek Carr for up to this point in this podcast. You know the inability to lead a team down the field. You know that be that imposing threat, impose the will of the offense onto him. You know be this confident, self-assuring you know factor beacon for the rest of the team to rally around. Right? I don't see him. I don't see him walking up and down the sideline. I don't see him, uh, you know, injecting energy or enthusiasm into any of his players. I don't see him, you know, creating accountability on his own level and then bringing that down to the rest of the players. You know, he's got a captain C on his chest, and I haven't seen any sort of accountability from him besides just kind of, ah, shucks, you know, that's this one got away as well. So as much as we want to try to do all these things, and look, we've we've heard a lot of this. You know, this isn't anything new as far as. Uh, Raider critiques are going on, especially, you know, yesterday and today. Um, But look, you know, we heard uh, Keyshawn Johnson uh, on Monday, which I think was a pretty good take. I've seen it in a couple different things, and I happened to hear it in the morning uh, dropping my son off. I, You know, I didn't even want to listen to the radio. The first thing that comes on is Keyshawn Johnson talking absolutely about Derek Carr. So it's kind of like, all right, let's hear it. Um, But, you know, he he goes as far to say, look, you know, this is a quarterback that we saw, you know, performing at a certain level the year before. Um, at some type of, you know, had, had these accolades to him, you know, had the ability to kind of, uh, you know, go beyond that, lead a team, all these sort of things. And that's been now devoid in, you know, what changed the coaching staff, right? So let's blame the coaching staff on all of this. And we, you know, that'd be great. And, you know, for as great, as good of a point that Keyshawn made with all of that, um, you know, all of the times I've heard that quote being posted on Twitter or, or different ca- accounts going on social media, news media, things like that being, you know, retweeted and shared, they always leave out the response to that, which was, you know, basically Jay will coming in and saying, look, dude, you can say all of that, but a, a, a real quarterback, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, a guy like Tom Brady, you know, these guys will step up and they'll, they'll give that life to a team. It doesn't matter what the game plan is. They will adjust to it. They will give you a shot to win. They will, they got, you know, they're, they're a wildcat out there, brother. They got, they got a little bit of oomph to them. You know what I mean? Josh Allen, even, even Patrick Mahomes for as much as I want to criticize him and I'm not really that fond of him. He can get players going, man. He knows how to unlock potential. He knows how to extend plays. He knows how to play winning football. And as much as we want to try to, you know, him and ha over whether or not Carr may or may not be the issue, this is an ongoing conversation that has been going year after year after year. And as much as we want to hope and, you know, you know, as <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is, have faith and hope that, you know, Derek Carr will, you know, improve and lift this team up and, you know, play at this certain level. Derek Carr has been playing mediocre football for the majority of his career, and I don't think he's ever not going to be playing mediocre football. Yeah, he's a great dude. He's a great figurehead. He's, he sounds good on a microphone. He does great things on and off the, fe- or off the field. 
But Derek Carr is not the imposing threat that's going to be driving a team down the field when it matters to get, you know, to get a game-winning drive. I mean, all these game-winning drives that we talked about, all we're doing is getting in the field goal range, right, and setting up Dylan Carlson. I mean, that's, that's not something, you know, that's not something terrible. But for the most part, this isn't Derek Carr imposing his will. This isn't Derek Carr unlocking the potential of players on his team and it being, you know, this decisive factor that, whoa, man, we really have to game plan for this guy. You know what I mean? We really have to we really have to think outside the box and how we're going to shut this guy down because he's got so much potential. He's got so much opportunity. They don't say those things about Derek Carr. I haven't heard those things about Derek Carr. Everything you've heard about Derek Carr are the same old things that have been rumblings throughout, you know, some of these rivals in our division, right? This Joey Bosa stuff. Oh yeah, you just got to take him out once. Once you get in his head, he's done so, man. You know, same deal even Von Miller. You know, all these types of uh, players who play against him Straight up, man. They they know that Derek Carr doesn't have that drive, man. He's not imposing. He doesn't intimidate you. You're not afraid of him. You know what I mean? You're afraid of, you know, some of these receivers. You know, I mean, hey, maybe he'll hit, hit that wide open shot. But for this, this entire season, this rendition, yeah, we can, we can uh, you know, pick apart maybe some of these issues with you know, four or five different plays across four or five different games with Josh McDaniels just trying to get something going. But for the most part, it's still the same issue with Derek Carr, man. He doesn't have the drive. He doesn't have the momentum. He doesn't have the energy. He's not an imposing threat. He's not a guy that's going to lift this team up, unlock the potential of these players, and bring it on into the next, you know, generation of this team, right? He is not the winning culture guy that we need. So yeah, all of that being said, you know, also, none of this is groundbreaking news, right? And for the most part, you're probably getting tired of hearing things like this because, you know, you're either on the side of Carr or you're on the side of, you know, this coaching staff is a problem. And look, we can we can be as upset as we want to be about the coaching staff and the changes. And maybe you're one of these people that love what Rich Passaccia brought to the team and, and kind of added this element of like, come on, guys, this camaraderie thing. You know, he was able to actually, you know, breathe some life into this team when things seemed basically helpless last year after all of these issues. But, you know, Rich Passaccia wasn't the guy, man. Uh, Mike Mayock wasn't the guy. I mean, I particularly liked Mike Mayock a lot, but I feel like, you know, look, whether or not those draft picks, especially those early draft picks, were his decisions, I feel like Gruden always had round one and Passaccia had the rest of the guys, and that's probably why the rest of the draft looks better than those first-round draft picks. But for the most part, you know, look, that organizationally was not the issue, man. We were still going to be a lot of issues going on. The defense, we're going to keep Gus Bradley. There's a lot of different questions in the air, even if you were Basaccia camp. And regardless, that didn't happen. We don't own the team. We don't make those decisions. You know what I mean? It's like being upset that you bought a car six months later. Like, ah, man, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done this. It's like, dude, you've been driving it for six months. You already did. You know what I mean? What are you upset about? You got to move on. What's the answer here? And the answer with car for me is, look, we have to find somebody else. Who that is, it's incredibly difficult, right? Who can be the guy that can step in, that can lock players? You know, there's so many quarterbacks in this league right now that would love to have the receiving group that we have the run game that we have regardless of the offensive line issues I mean Joe Joe Burrow will get blown up by offensive line issues like we were talking earlier on before this game pro football focus has the Buffalo Bills offensive line ranked as 26th in power rankings I mean a lot of that has to do with some penalties and stuff like that but Josh Allen doesn't need to overcome things. Josh Allen imposes his will every single week that he plays. You know what I mean? He has a relationship and he has an unspoken chemistry with Stefan Diggs. He's only been playing with a handful of years. Meanwhile, you got a guy, Derek Carr, that, you know, for all of the chances he's been given, you know what I mean? For all the excuses people make for them, they don't realize that for as long as this guy's been in the league, 
If he was on any other team, he would have been gone years ago by now at this point because he doesn't have it with the coaching changes and this, this, and this. It's always kind of been like, well, I guess we can give it one more go with this guy because, yeah, you would love for him to be great. I would love for him to be great. I, like I said earlier on in this podcast, I would love for him and Devontae Adams to be a great wide receiver, you know, quarterback duo that goes down on the annals of history in the NFL. I'd love to see them go deep in the playoffs, you know, go to the Super Bowl, the whole deal, man. I'll put the poster on my wall. I'll wear the T-shirt all around. I'm all for that. But I don't think that's happening now, and I don't think it's ever going to happen. You look at some of the body chemistry or the um, body language that was going on on the sideline, the overall team chemistry, it's not there. Yes, we have great individual players. We knew that going into this season, but that's all we still have, great individual performances, right? You know, I mean, look, as this team, you know, finds a way to come together, you know, hopefully we can do that this week. Uh, like we said, you know, this coaching staff being a little proactive with these East Coast games, you know, decided to stay in Florida over the weekend or, or for this week of practice. Yeah, there's some potential here for the team to come together and rally around this thing and find a new identity and go forward. You know, a lot of people out here talking about just playing for pride and all these other things. That's that's great to see. But yeah, this team needs to find something that's a bonding point. And the fact that you don't have a that's not a you don't have a QB one that can install that type of confidence and uh, you know energy into a team. Then who else is going to do it? Like we said early on in this podcast, Derek Carr looks like he's looking for somebody else to step in and do that. So maybe it's the time we do this. I mean, look, we can. I don't think that Jared Stidham is better than Derek Carr, but I think that he has a little bit more energy and drive to get us there. You know, look, look what Taylor Heineke did over the weekend. All right. I mean, Taylor Heineke, now this two games in a row that he's won, I mean, he beat the Packers. Yeah, that's no big feat, but he also opened up that game with a pick six to go into the hole, right? Like a, a terrible pick six, right? But the guy's got, he's got that energy, man. He's got that oomph. He's got, he's got the will to win. We talk about this whole franchise and all the Al Davis stuff. That was a big part of it, man. The will to win, that you, you find it in there, man. It doesn't matter what they say or who the players are, what the odds are, because any given Sunday, you know, all those types of messaging and that mentality, man, this guy, you know, Heineke has grit and he's got spirit and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't back down. Carr doesn't have those things. He's comfortable, Right. He's been he's getting making over twenty million dollars now for almost what five years four years at this point. This he's got his kids he's got his off season stuff he's got all these other things that he does all these little projects things he likes to do yeah that's that's cool man go go do that if that's what you're gonna do because what I want to hear about right now is the what you are going to do to just basically breathe life into this team. Unlock these players. You've been playing with this guy since college. You've been playing with him in the offseason. How come you can't just hit? How come you're missing wide open throws? How come you can't throw him a contested catch? How come everything you throw him, you're basically forcing him out to the sideline? Why, why don't you ever use the middle of the field? How come everything you do is to a check down tight end too? You know what I mean? Like, look, I, you know, we can be as upset as we want to be about Carr. I could probably go on a rant for years at this point, if not, if I haven't already. And, when we look at this thing and what what this team looks like going forward, yes, we would love to see them come together and just put string together a couple of good performances, right? You know, this game um, with the Dennis Allen thing, there, there were some other things going on, you know, with this game that maybe could have been a, a tough matchup. Look, New Orleans the day before Halloween, that was a rowdy crowd and things like that. But look, I don't, I expect this guy to step up. You know, that being said, 
Um, there is some issues with the Devontae Adams stuff. If Derek Carr leaves, that's been like kind of talked about, negotiated about, because apparently that was a big reason for Devontae Adams coming to the Raiders. And, you know, as much as you believe that or don't believe that or want to believe that, look, Devontae Adams is from California, man. He grew up a Raiders fan. He's the dude. He doesn't need Derek Carr to play quarterback for him. He's happy being a Raider. He wants to be a baller, you know, Las Vegas Raider for the rest of his career if he can. You know what I mean? He just wants to ball out and play. And if that means that he has to move on to a guy that's going to let him do that, I don't think he's going to have any issue with that. Yeah, I think he's the same boat with everybody else. He would love for D.C. to be the man and for all this thing to work out. But instead, what we're seeing is D.C. with these weird throws and the, the weird faces, the lame excuses. And then you see him pouting on the bench instead of inspiring people, getting upset, getting a little bit of grit and getting a little bit of energy, man. Win the game yourself if that's how it's going to be. Yeah, we know the offensive line has issues. We know that the pass blocking wasn't the issue. We also knew that the run game was going to be compromised this game going into it. You know, what, what were you thinking you were going to do? I mean, yes. There are other concerns going on. Hunter Renfro looks like a shell of himself. He's so afraid to get hit right now. It's, it's, it's hard watching him play. It really is because you love the guy. You feel for him. You saw the hit that took him out for a couple of weeks. You know about all the concussion stuff. And, you know, you see him, you see him in that game back against Houston. He, he's catching everything and sliding. I mean, one of, those, one of those catches he had to slide for it, but still. I mean, so what's the answer then? If it's if Derek Carr isn't the guy, then what's the solution? Um, you know, for me, I would do if I'm Dave Ziegler, I would do everything I can. It's not going to happen obviously today before the trade deadline closes, but I would do everything I can to try to get Aaron Rodgers because that way you would for sure keep Devontae Adams happy. Aaron Rodgers, you know, even on a one year deal, just you know whatever you can do. I mean, if you're getting Aaron Rodgers, you can do more than one year deal, but still, anything you can do to get a guy like that coming in. You know, I mean, yes, the way that the season's working out and things like that, then, you know, there's probably going to be um, some quarterbacks available for sure. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, you know, if we have a top five pick somewhere in there, there's some other guys that are rising up on the ranks. But, you know, for me, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to see that happen, man. You don't, you don't have Darren Waller and uh, Devontae Adams and even a guy like Matt Collins and Josh Jacobs on your team. And you put in a quarterback that just that you just want to ha- kind of have uh, learn learn the procedure here. You know what I mean? <sighs> Stidham has drive. He has energy. He probably wants. He has that ability to want to prove himself and to lift himself up. And he'll do anything to get there. He looked good in the preseason. I know it's just the preseason, but he looked sharp and he looked crisp and he looked like he was throwing the ball and he was going through his reads a lot better than Derek Carr has at any point in this season. All right. And, you know, look, that could just be because he's young. Look, we know that Derek Carr wasn't the same after that 2016 season. We saw what he looked like coming back from that injury, how he wasn't able to basically, you know, he he was uncomfortable back there, man. He's still uncomfortable back there. There's more things weighing on him now, even as he gets older. You know, I don't want to beat the guy up because, yes, he's not terrible. But, you know, at the end of the day, if he's not going to win you games, if he's not the absolute solution, then you for sure have to move on from him. Because, look, as much as we want to critique Josh McDaniels and, uh, you know, Dave Ziegler and, you know, really a lot of people blowing up Patrick Graham for all these things. But, you know, we can get to that in time. But for what I'm saying is, like, if the worst thing that comes out of this is we lose Derek Carr and we have a good draft with Dave Ziegler and we still end up in mediocrity and then this whole regime changes over in two years or three years or something like that, then at least we'll have a little bit more, you know, 
position players, man, a little bit a little bit of higher caliber players on our team through the draft coming through. That's I I personally believe that Dave Ziegler as a GM is an asset to the team. I personally believe that Josh McDaniels as a head coach, asset to the team. Personally feel that Patrick Graham is probably one of the best defensive coordinators we've had on this team in a while. Look, we can't expect him to always get the scheme right 100% of the time. Yeah, it's easy to be like, hey, how could you not account for Alvin Kamara? And he's like, I don't know. I thought maybe Divine Diablo, who I've been thinking so highly of, would actually be able to do something against him. I thought Perriman would be able to do something. Hell, I even put Blake Martinez in there for like 30% of the snaps, trying to get anybody to do anything against this guy. Yeah, our linebacker core isn't there. Yeah, cornerbacks and, and safeties coming down to help out aren't much help either because apparently this team still doesn't know how to tackle because they're still playing in the preseason or whatever. And I don't want to blow these guys up because I'm just a dude. I don't play NFL football. I don't have to deal with any of this stuff, right? You know what I mean? But from an organizational standpoint, you need to hit this stuff home, man. I mean, that's what we were talking about. Where's the true identity on offense? I was saying it can't be Josh Jacobs, and it basically has to be Josh Jacobs at this point. He's the guy on the sideline that's trying to you know, get people going and get people you know, motivated and get that drive, you know what I mean, find that energy. Who's, it, who's that guy going to be on defense? We talked about that piece missing, and hopefully that when Denzel Perriman came back from injury before that Denver game, that you know that could have been the solution. We saw him leave that Denver game early with the concussion. Since he, since he came back from the Denver game, he hasn't been as sharp. I mean, those those first couple of series in that Denver game when he came back from injury, he was on a completely different trajectory for the season, it looked like, than he was um, since then, right? So we know he left that game early, blah, 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 blah. We're just missing players, man. I mean, that's that's basically what we've kind of already known at this point. That's why we can't really be shocked, right? I mean, we can't really, really be surprised. I mean, last episode I was saying that this iteration of the Raiders, this was going to be undoing all those generational years of, uh, you know, they're just going to mess it up, all that negative uh, criticism and all this stuff, that uh, defeatist mentality. I'm not, I'm not engaging in that, but I'm saying that we can't be surprised when you know that, look, we don't have a passing attack. For as great as the receiving core that we have and a decent offensive line that can still provide some sort of protection, Derek Carr's not there, man. He's still doing the same stuff. He's not the driving force that's bringing this thing down. So what is the solution? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of teams that would love to have Derek Carr right now. Probably the, uh, well, the Detroit's probably going to be drafting too high to bring on Derek Carr. Maybe, uh, maybe that means Jimmy G coming over. You know what I mean? I, I hope it's not Drew Locke. I hope it's not Nick Mullins. I hope it's not uh, Keller Mond. I hope it's not Tyler Heineke. You know what I mean? But it's got to be somebody. Personally, I feel like that's what, the, what, that's what they're going to do. I mean, if I, was, if I was Josh McDaniels right now, I would uh, go out up against Jack, Jacksonville with a complete game plan if we're going to throw the ball probably 70% of the time. I'm going to force Derek Carr to make plays. I'm going to force him to you know, basically save the team. I'm going to compromise everything else on offense to force him to do that, probably sacrifice a game, blow him up on national media, that whole type of thing. And then from then on, I'm going to probably bench him, go to Stidham, release Carr at the end of the season. We we talked about um, the way that contract extension was kind of set up and they can move on from him after a year with nominal, you know, with a nominal uh, salary cap hit. You know, you keep Stidham for a year, maybe. Maybe try to get a guy like... Uh, Jimmy G or even like a probably not Cooper Rush because the way Jerry Jones is about him, you know, a decent enough guy like that have some sort of quarterback battle, probably keep it with Stidham and then you draft a young kid and you develop him like that. And if, you know, if things start to go south or you think that he's ready, you know, maybe put him in halfway through the season or just kind of do a whole first year under type of thing um, behind a guy to learn. 
I don't want anybody learning behind Derek Carr. I mean, it's not really a decision for me to make, but that's just what I'm seeing, man. I've, I've seen enough. I think everybody at this point has seen enough. You know, I can take another season, two seasons of a bad head coach. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Josh McDaniels is a bad head coach. I think he's still trying to figure this thing out. He's trying to get people motivated. But if you can't, if you don't have a head coach that can get people motivated, and you don't have a starting quarterback that can get people motivated, then I don't know who's going to be able to do it in that locker room. You know what I mean? Yeah, Crosby, I'm sure offers an amount of energy that people can, you know, get going on. And I'm sure that Jacobs can probably do the same thing on the other side of the ball. But I don't feel that there's anybody right now in that locker room that can really bring the whole team together, get a collective goal in place, and then have everybody just go out and execute. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that in the locker room. So what are we seeing instead? Great individual efforts from great individual players, right? One of the first things we said on this podcast and kind of carried over for those first couple of episodes, we're talking about what the Raiders needed to do to be the imposing threat in the division and in the conference, the AFC, you know, trying to make this run towards the playoffs is consecutive convincing victories, right? Like Derek Carr on the bench in the fourth quarter because we're up by 21 points or 34 points or something like that. We're talking about you know, consecutive convincing victories, winning the games you're supposed to win, not making the mistakes, all the stuff that sounds good, all the stuff that carries over from the Patriots culture stuff, you know, all that stuff, that's not, none of that's going on, right? The Raiders are still playing these close games. They've been known to kind of play down to their opponents, to just kind of match at where they're at, wherever they're at, you know, for better or for worse, and where that means you play a little bit better against the Chiefs, or that, does that mean what, you almost lose to the Texans, you're down by three going in the fourth quarter? This team needs to find a way to impose its will. It's not up to what they're doing. It's up to what your game plan is. You know what I mean? It's all about confidence. It's all about being that guy. Derek Carr is not that guy. And Josh McDaniels isn't that guy to, you know, rile the team up and get all these guys motivated and ready to go. They'll be prepared. They'll be aware of things. They'll know what the game plan is. They'll know how to execute. But you can see it on the, you can see it on the screen every time you watch this team play, man. As soon as Derek Carr starts to go through pre-snap reads and he starts to impose his will on the offense, what he thinks he should do. You see nothing but confusion go along that line. Even even on some of these motions, man, no, nobody cares, man. There's no there's no energy. There's no drive, man. I mean, we could go on for weeks about this. <laughs> uh, so it's it's got to be, for me, it's 100% Derek Carr. We know we're going to keep Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler for a little bit longer. You know, Vincent Bonsignore, the, uh, for Las Vegas Review Journal, um, you know, very close to Mark Davis, very close to the whole situation, was in New Orleans, saw the, the meeting post-game, talked to, talked to uh, Mark Davis afterwards, um, you know, sent out this sort of infamous tweet now about, you know, the Raiders' plan is to stick with, you know, the Raiders' head coach moving forward for, you know, the foreseeable future will be Josh McDaniels. That is that is absolutely a message they're keeping with. Mark Davis trusts, trusts him. And this Ziegler-McDaniels thing is going to be here for a minute. That being said, what does it look like going forward? We've, we've talked about, you know, this trade deadline coming up. We heard the um, Dave Ziegler interview uh, almost two weeks ago now talking about their, you know, emphasis on 2023 and free agency and finding the right guys and all of their activity on that. Well, you know, since then we saw... Roquan Smith, who would have been a great linebacker for the Raiders to have, 
Uh, we saw him go to Baltimore. And just now, a couple minutes ago, we saw Bradley Chubb being finalized to go to the Dolphins. Now Denver's getting a 2023 first-round pick that they had already kind of lost because of this Russell Wilson thing. We know how much money the Denver Broncos have. We know what kind of imposing will the Kansas City Chiefs have. This could turn out to be an issue for the Raiders because now we're kind of in this rock and a hard place type of thing where I thought we were supposed to be addressing these needs on defense going into this first season. I, I figured for the most part, I think everybody was kind of on board that, you know, great, now we get the, this flashy, great offense, be able to compete, be able to put up points. I mean, this offense has the potential, like we said, to be putting up 30, 35 points every single game. And for the most point, the most part, they've been able to do that. Not through Derek Carr's ability to you know, win games or create imposing drives or do any of these other things. Through Josh McDaniel's ability to kind of basically utilize what he does have that's working, which essentially is just a single running back in a room of five of them. You know, <sighs> yes, Josh McDaniels probably should have not had Josh Jacobs in there for the most part because we know how bad he is at pass block, and we probably could have done a couple of different looks back there. Would have liked to seen a little bit more uh, ingenuity on the offensive side of the ball besides just a you know unsuccessful jet sweep. That being said, these jet sweeps, I think we can uh, counter those and just start doing some drag routes, man. Just just have your outside guy do a drag instead. You're kind of getting the same sort of thing. You get a little bit more time for the play to develop. Give the defense some, uh, you know, less time to react. Um, these because these jet sweeps just aren't working. You know what I mean? Like it's getting picked up so quickly, and especially the time on a third and one at that point. Look, we're not going to get into that um, because you know. Those plays didn't make or break the game. If if those were the standalone plays where we'd be kind of hemming and hawing, but Derek Carr found a way to you know get that first down and extend drives and get out the pocket and throw receivers open, anything like that, we'd, we'd be having a completely different discussion. We'd be saying that, yeah, McDaniels is absolutely holding back the Raiders' offense. McDaniels is the problem, right? We don't see that. We see that, yeah, there's there's a couple of things here that probably need to be addressed. You know what I mean? There's a couple of things here that aren't really necessarily working. But we don't see this performance out of Derek Carr that's lights out that he's not even in the discussion. You know what I mean? A great quarterback will win you games. A great quarterback will do all these things. So now that we're approaching this offseason with what needs the needs need to be addressed, I mean, there's so many needs now. I mean, I've I've seen some ridiculous stuff right now. I mean, which is great because everybody's upset everybody's doing these passionate texts or uh you know tweets and all this other stuff people are calling you gotta get trade Foster Moreau has trade value get rid of Foster Moreau get rid of Jacobs get rid of everybody you know what I mean like trade Waller he doesn't want to be here it's like look we can talk about how close this team was before um what's his name JT the brick was talking about we can't say this team is close anymore especially after that type of thing but we know that we have these offensive pieces that we can build around nobody cares about Foss Monroe. we keep on to Foss Monroe. he costs nothing to keep he always secures the edge he's a great blocking tight end and he knows how to catch balls and he knows how to kind of get those first downs unnecessary on third down hopefully Renfro will get his head right man I mean I really feel for the guy because it is obvious he does not want to get hit he does not want to get lit up and he hates going across the middle of the field which used to be you know where he used to eat you know I mean that used to be his place man underneath it through the middle now you you can feel the insecurity when he's on the field man Devontae Adams is about ready to just lose his head over this man he just wants to play you know what I mean that's all he wants to do man all right, so that's basically where we're at. We know we need a new quarterback. Hopefully you feel that way. Hopefully you feel like you've seen enough now. 
Because, look, he may not be that bad. He's going to be mediocre probably for a while. Um, mediocre, mediocre quarterback with um, a great, great defense, that could be different. But I feel personally like we got to move on from Derek Carr. And Josh McDaniels has a great opportunity here to you know, really right this ship in a way that we still haven't seen. It's like we said very, very early on in this podcast, if this isn't working, this iteration of the Raiders isn't working with Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, the whole type of thing, we have to have a coach we have to have an administrative staff that knows that in order to succeed, we have to move on. Like we said, Derek Carr, eight, nine years in the league, he's not getting it done. If he would have been on any, any other team at this point, he would have been let go. You know, I apologize for the ongoing rant that is this episode, but I think you're right there with me. This is nothing new. This is just upsetting because, you know, like we said, that kind of defeatist attitude, it's, it's really hard to drop it when you get reminders of why you have it in the first place, right? Um, we know that changes are coming organizationally. They are in the works as we talk. I mean, we know this team's going to look ex- um, probably substantially different next year. But I I feel like, you know, first certain, Devontae Adams is coming back. Darren Waller is coming back. Renfro might retire if he can't get his head right. So if he's if he's coming back, he's, he's back here at the Raiders. Uh, you know, Max Crosby, Nate Hobbs, um, Probably Deron Harmon, probably some all the guys that they brought over, especially what Patrick Graham wanted in the scheme. Um, you know, these guys are probably going to come back. But like I said, man, we need an answer on offense. We need somebody that this team can rally around. We need somebody that's going to impose their will, that's going to bring confidence into this team, that's going to drive this offense down the field. We knew that the passing attack wasn't there. And look what we saw when we have to rely on that passing attack. A lot of teams in the league would kill to have this receiving group and that we can't even put up any points on the board. We can't even get past midfield until Stidham comes in and he's just throwing, you know, chunk balls. But at that, that point, the defense gave up. So... So that's going to be it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Please check us out at the Raider Wave Podcast on Instagram, at the Raider Wave Pod on Twitter. Um, we'll be doing some more stuff too. I'm becoming a little bit more involved, looking at different ways we can expand this thing, trying to get some guests on here, more people to talk to. Um, we'll have the uh, Jacksonville matchup game pro- or episode probably coming out on Thursday or Friday this week, and we can go through some more uh, league updates and changes. Look, we know that the playoffs are absolutely maybe out of reach at this point. It's not a definite thing. I'm not giving up hope yet. But look, this team needs to find a way. This team needs to find a real identity because right now it's it's looking pretty bleak and we can't just, you know, hope and pray that uh, individual efforts from guys like Max Crosby or Josh Jacobs are going to carry this team over week after week. Um Thanks again for taking the time to listen. Until next time, peace. I'm out of here. This is the Dragon Blade Podcast.